the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we turn our attention to scriptures, let us, let us pray. God of abundant life, by the gift of your spirit, turn our hearts and minds to hear your living word afresh. May our lives answer your eternal word with a resurrection hope. A reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, listen for God's word to you. I saw something else under the sun. In the place of justice, there was wickedness. And in the place of what was right, there was wickedness again. I thought to myself, God will judge both righteous and wicked people because there's a time for every matter and every deed. I also thought where human beings are concerned, God tests them to show them that they are but animals because human beings and animals share the same fate. One dies just like the other. Both have the same life breath. Humans are no better off than animals because everything is pointless. All go to the same place. All are from the dust all return to the dust. Who knows if a human being's life breath rises upward while an animal's life breath descends into earth. So I perceive that there was nothing better for human beings but to enjoy what they do because that's what they're allowed in life. Who really is able to see what will happen in the future. When I next next observed all the oppressions that take place under the sun I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they have no one to comfort them. Their oppressors wield power, but they have no one to comfort them. So I declared that the dead who have already died are more fortunate than the living who are still alive. But happier than both are those who have never existed, who have witnessed the terrible things that happened under the sun. The words of Kohelet, the teacher of the assembly, Thanks be to God. Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel of John. Listen, at the crossroads, God's wisdom cries. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Judean authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. 
If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But Thomas replied, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, the disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. The word of the Lord. I never had a nickname, but in the 10th grade, I tried. For a couple weeks, a senior who sat next to me in the clarinet section called me Coke Bottles. Since then as now, my eyesight's pretty terrible. As far as nicknames go, Coke Bottles is hardly iconic as Junior or as regal as the King, but at least it's not as bad as Tricky Dick. My nickname didn't stick, but Thomas's did. Long before folks called him Doubting Thomas, John jogged his listener's memory with that extra detail. Thomas, remember the one called Didymus, or in English, Thomas, the one called Twin. Twin? How did Thomas get a nickname like that? Well, uh, the same way that a tall guy gets the nickname Stretch when he grabs a box from the highest shelf, or the same way Harriet Tubman got the name Moses when she led enslaved women and men to freedom in Canada. Actions become identity. You see, when you were feeling off, Thomas would notice, would stop and ask if you were okay. And he would listen. I mean, really listen. Or when the tax collector garnished your last few coins, Thomas would hear about it and bring over fish and barley loaves. Not a lot, but enough. When people saw Thomas, they saw a mirror image of his teacher. Thomas was called twin. 
Jesus's twin. Now, sometimes he could be melodramatic when Jesus announced that he was going back to Judea, that he planned to pay his respects to Martha and Mary to visit the tomb of their brother Lazarus, 11 disciples expressed their concern. Um, teacher, what are you thinking? The opposition wants to stone you. But Thomas, the one called twin, said, come on, guys, let's go too, so that we'll die with Jesus. Like I said, a little dramatic. But Thomas was also very earnest when Jesus assured his friends, don't be troubled, I'm coming back for you. And besides, you know the way to the place I'm going. Thomas blurted out, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Don't worry, twin. The way is the teacher himself. Now, here we are with the disciples, behind closed doors as evening settles over the city. It's still the first day of the week. That is, it's still the day that began with Mary rushing in, claiming, I have seen the Lord. It's still Sunday, Easter Sunday. But where is Thomas? He is missing Jesus, standing among us, saying, peace be with you. He is missing Jesus, really alive, like Mary said. Where is Thomas? He is missing Jesus, of course. Missing in the heart sense. There's a piece of his heart that is missing, a Jesus-shaped hole that no one can feel, that no one can fill. Thomas is grieving, and he can't sit still. Where is Thomas? At the city gates, praying with the beggars. In the marketplace, buying flour and oil for an abandoned widow. At the temple, praying and sobbing, maybe even yelling at God in God's own house. Because how could God let this happen? Arrest, torture, execution? Seriously, Lord? Can you hear the same pain and anger in Thomas's response to the disciples? You've seen the Lord? After all that happens, you have the gall to tell me that Jesus is alive and that you saw him, that he spoke to you, that he showed you where we saw the soldiers pound nails into his flesh. How dare you? That's right. How dare you tell me that Jesus is risen when I have spent every waking moment trying to adjust to the fact that he is gone and that my world has changed forever. 
How dare you try to tape up my broken heart as if a band-aid would make the pain go away. And this isn't spoken, but can't you hear it too? How dare Jesus come back for you, but not for me? Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hands into his side, I won't believe. It's too bad that we've made doubting Thomas eat his words over all these many years. Our name for him, our fixation on his doubt that Jesus could be alive, really says more about us than it does about him. You've got to believe, Thomas, because we're trying so very hard to believe. You've got to be okay, Thomas, because we're all trying to keep it together here. You've missed your chance, Thomas. You've got no one to blame but yourself. Take it from us, Thomas. We are experts in blame. We are so talented, Thomas, that we can beat ourselves up and accuse others for our problems. Get used to disappointment, Thomas. We did. But Thomas won't believe to make us feel better. Thomas won't hide his hurt if it takes years for that wound to heal. So be it. It took Tilda Norberg years to heal from the church's rejection. As a seminary student, she worked with a passionate and vibrant congregation in East Harlem. Surely, she thought, God is calling me to parish ministry. But Tilda hadn't reckoned with the obstacles a woman trying to serve a Methodist church in 1966 would encounter. Every opportunity ended with doors shut in her face, sometimes with words of ridicule. When the last door closed, she threw herself into a new vocation, training as a therapist, not only because it seemed like a good way to help people, but also because she was in so much pain herself. Seven years later, Norberg began to have vivid dreams about healing. She tried to push them away, but the Holy Spirit knows how to get a therapist's attention. Just send her some dreams to chew on. Eventually, she had to deal with them. Starting with one patient, at the South Beach Psychiatric Center on Staten Island, Tilda Norberg slowly embraced a new ministry, a ministry of healing prayer, not straightforward healing, not simplistic or sudden or dramatic, but healing nonetheless. And in this ministry, she began to sense Jesus at work in the lives of hurting people, and in her life too. 
after all of those years, the pain of the church's rejection slowly melted away. Norberg came to understand what Thomas did. Jesus comes back for us. Jesus came back for Thomas eight days later. Or eight days later, Thomas was with the other disciples when Jesus came back. You see, I imagine that on Monday, the day after the resurrection, Jesus again walked through those closed doors of his friend's hideaway and announced, peace be with you. He looked around. Andrew, Philip, Mary, Bartholomew, but no Thomas. So Jesus came back on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday and on Sunday. That Monday evening, eight days after the resurrection, Thomas was finally present to see Jesus, to hear him, to touch him, however long it would take. Jesus kept coming back, not to prove a point, not to tell Thomas to put his finger through his wounds. Jesus kept coming back to place his hands in Thomas's wound to bind up his twin's broken heart. Jesus invites us, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Responding to Jesus' invitation, staying close to the Savior, we meet a God who loves the world, the God who longs to bless it with life, life beyond anxiety and loneliness, life beyond busyness and bitterness. Coming alongside Jesus, learning from Jesus, we find new life in his name. Friends, learn from our teacher, Jesus. Learn from him this persistent and passionate truth. Jesus always comes back for us. Like Thomas the twin, all we need to do is to keep showing up. If you have pain in your soul or a heart cracked from breaking again and again, show up to that pain. Acknowledge to yourself, wow, this really hurts. Tell the truth about what living with that bitterness or that regret or that self-loathing does to you and the people around you. Can we even imagine living without it? 
Or like Kohelet, are we, are we quick to conclude that the dead are more fortunate than the living, but happier than both are those who have never existed, who have not witnessed the terrible things that happen under the sun? There are terrible things, terrible situations. It's true. There is injustice and oppression. There is emotional abuse and personal manipulation. There are wounds, but there is also life beyond those wounds. New life in Jesus' name. So friends, keep showing up. Show up to God in prayer on a long walk, sitting in silence, doing the dishes. Show up to God, the healer of every ill, and imagine what healing would look like in your life. Show up to God and ask the source of all wisdom, what in us might shift? What change in our families can we affect? What steps can our society take when we tell the truth about what is killing us? Beloved, whenever Thomas was ready, Jesus was there. On the long, winding road to healing, Jesus walks with us. May this grace strengthen you today and every day. For such grace, let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, the giver of our days, the gift of perfect love, power and peace given to us all. Amen.